This is the Oanda Podcast. You're listening to the Oanda Market Insights Podcast, talking to Oanda Senior Market Analysts from around the world. And today it is Ed Moyer in New York. Good afternoon from London, Ed. Hello from New York. Now let's start with some more Reddit Raider news. Shares in AMC have soared as investors on the popular Reddit Wall Street bets board were at it once again. Do you think this is the touting of the stock in an effort to hurt short sellers who've bet against the theatre operator? Right now, it seems it's all about that short squeeze. Um, you know, on, on social media, uh, Twitter, Reddit, at AMC Strong, AMC Squeeze is trending. It's it's fascinating. I, I can't believe AMC is it's up about well at one point this morning it was over fourteen hundred percent just this year alone, and that just seems um, to be uh, ludicrous. <laughs> I, I can't. I'm struggling to uh, justify the rationalization on on these moves, but this is all about the short squeeze, and uh, I think right now there's a, a lot of clever retail traders that are taking advantage of. Uh, uh, some illiquid conditions. Uh, this is, uh, you know, as as we both uh, in the U.S. and the U.K. we're we're looking forward to a three-day weekend, and uh, I think you're also seeing that um, on Wall Street, a lot of people, a lot of hedge funds, money managers, they're they're trying to make this a four-day weekend, and uh, there's uh, some lack of participation. Um, you know, today we saw shares jump over to reaching a high of 36.72, um, and that that's just, I mean. It, no, no one anticipated that you know AMC should have traded near twenty dollars back in January when this first this that's when the first time this meme stock frenzy happened, and now we're 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 um, we're just seeing some wild swings which you know obviously are are going to crush the short seller. But uh, sadly, you know there are a lot of retail traders that are you know they're waking up and seeing it's over thirty, it's going to go to fifty is the thought, and and they're going to get crushed here. And, and right now. Um, shares are pulling back rather sharply. We're now uh, below $25, so um, over a 30% drop in just the last hour or so. So I think uh, it's 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 the wild, wild west of meme stock trading, and uh, this uh, this stock is going to probably come crashing down to earth eventually um, once the damage to the short squeeze is, is over. Meanwhile, uh, the cryptocurrency market continues to slump with... Bitcoin, Ethereum, and a whole host of major currencies losing values. But one brand new entry defied the slump, Dubai Coin. It rose a staggering 1,000% in just 24 hours. That is part of the, the, one of the problems with <laughs> cryptocurrency markets right now. It seems that uh, there's um, over 1,000 coins and they just keep having new ones emerge. Um, and and eventually, I think you're going to see this space consolidate. But right now, there's a lot of problems uh, facing cryptocurrencies. The environmental impact has uh, become an issue. It, it's getting ad- addressed. Uh, I think that is going to be more of a short-term headache. But the regulatory fears and there's uh, too much froth. And I mean, if if we, we keep having people create coins, that's just um, I think uh, flooding. The speculative mania, which um, you know, obviously uh, will um, probably have a, a bad result for for all the majority of these coins. So I think eventually you'll probably see there will be five to ten coins 
that will serve a, an actual use case argument. Uh, but for now, this, this space needs to get cleaned up. And uh, I think the regulatory fears alone are just keeping everything um, rather downbeat. So I think, you know, Bitcoin is well below 40,000. It's at 36,000. But I mean, still, you know, year to date, it's up 25%. Uh, that's not too shabby uh, when you compare it to um, most of the uh, markets we talk on a regular basis this year. Um, so, so I think right now the, the volatility is going to um, remain elevated, but I think um, you're, you're probably going to see the focus uh, shift uh, in these next couple of months to the Fed. The Fed's going to have a, a, a paper on the digital dollar. And uh, once we get more regulation on, on, on Bitcoin, I think we're going to see exactly how quickly they can um, adapt to that. And, uh, and, you know, I think there is still a, still um, a, a longer term uh, argument for higher prices. Uh, but right now, this is uh, likely to be a, a consolidation stage for Bitcoin. And I think, you know, the risks are still to the downside. Now, a uh, question for you, Ed, uh, not that I expect you to be able to answer this, but is an Iran nuclear deal within sight? Negotiators returned for talks earlier in the week. That is for the fifth and probably the final round of discussions over bringing the US and Iran back into compliance with that 2015 nuclear deal. How do the markets feel about this? Well, I, I think right now there's a certain date everyone has circled on their calendar, uh, June 18th, that is the Iranian uh, presidential election. Um, it's likely we're going to get a hardliner. So the U.S. and allies are, I think, highly motivated to get this thing done. So I think uh, both sides have their reason. And I think what you're probably going to see is the next week or two, it, everyone just needs to come off as if they got a good deal. So I think uh, you're probably going to see something ironed out um the the big debate on this deal is you know well how quick will the sanction relief uh be for iran and uh, if the, the, the problem is you know that's you know the the question that could swing oil in ten dollars uh, in either direction so, so i think uh, um the market is pricing in that it's going to be a gradual easing of sanctions where we might expect an extra 500,000 barrels per day from Iran by the third quarter, but they can obviously ramp up, you know, beforehand. And, uh, uh, th this is, this is, um, you know, not really dragging on oil though, because the demand recovery story is, is just totally dominating everything. And, uh, I think oil prices, uh, they're still likely poised to be higher. Um, there is a risk that, uh, the Biden administration, um, might be a little bit more easier and, uh, provide a scenario where you could have, uh, the majority of the sanctions relieved where, you know, we could get an extra 500,000 barrels than what we're already expecting, um, in these next few months. And, uh, if that's the case, uh, you're, you're going to see uh, prices, uh, I think, really uh, a lot lower from where we are. But, uh, but eventually, I think the demand recovery will we'll see investors buy that. So uh, oil will be very volatile these next couple of weeks. But I think there's still a lot of optimism. And if we do have a, a major dip, I think there's still going to be a lot of people wanting to buy that. Now, Ed, we've spent a lot of time talking about the prospect of rising inflation over the last few weeks. But those worries seem to be abating a little. Why is that? Oh, very much so. I mean, today we had the hottest core PCE readings in nearly two decades. 
you know, just saying that headline and you would think we would have, you know, treasury yields at, you know, starting to rise and, and they're not. Um, the market is convinced, um, the majority of the market is convinced inflation will be transitory. And uh, it looks like the Fed uh, is not going to budge on that. And, and that's keeping um, these yields um, you know, fairly heavy. And uh, if Treasury yields continue to drift lower, uh, that's just, uh, for the most part, um, good news for risky assets, um, U.S. stocks, and also a weaker dollar, which um, is, is benefiting uh, the euro and uh, British pound. So, so I think you're going to see that uh, uh, it's going to take a lot to, um, I think, get treasury yields going higher. But, you know, it's it's fascinating because we are below 160 on the 10-year yield. But, the you know, the consensus on Wall Street is that we're going to finish well above 2% or possibly near two and a quarter at the end of the year. So there, there's going to be a major a major reversal here. But for now, it's... Uh, um, they're, they're, the Fed is just buying too much. Um, the, the asset purchases they need to be uh, tapered. Um, you know the you know the amount of issuance and versus what they're buying. It's just simple supply and demand. Uh, Treasury yields can't really ra rally until they start to taper. So I think uh, that's what's really uh, you know driving the market right now. And uh, it's uh, it's going to take a it's going to take some really robust non-farm payroll reports and hot you know hot, hot, uh, maybe a couple more, um, you know, really um, upside surprises on inflation readings and and also wage pressure. So uh, that, you know, that can't happen in just a month or two. It's going to take, um, I think, quite a few of um, strong reports that will, you know, shift the market. So it seems that, uh, you know, the, the Treasury yield uh, um, lower, heading lower theme is, is not going away anytime soon. So, Ed, I'm very pleased to say it is a short working week next week because both in the UK and in the USA and in some other countries, no work on Monday. Hurrah. Tell me what's going to happen for the rest of the week. What stands out for you? Well, I, I think, you know, the, the it's going to be a jam-packed week because we have, uh, you know, U.S. closed for Memorial Day and uh, UK markets observing that spring bank holiday. But uh, Monday night, um, or Tuesday morning for you, uh, China's manufacturing PMI readings are supposed to come out. You know, their, their recovery is, is steady. And uh, I think we're going to see that uh, um, there's expectations that uh, it, it's going to look strong. It's still going to be expansion territory. Um, but there's uh, still, you know, some concern that these higher commodity prices are starting to weigh on the outlook. So I think investors will pay close attention to the... Uh, to that particular report. Um, also, we'll have uh, some uh, key data for Japan. Industrial production is supposed to improve. That's an April reading, so it's a little bit old. Um, heading into Tuesday, though, Tuesday is going to be a, a, a big day. We have uh, OPEC Plus. They have their meeting on output. Um, it's really hard for OPEC to, to uh, I think, uh, change course, so I think they're going to go ahead with uh, their planned output increases, and I think they're going to, you know, heavily talk about Iran as far as what can they do um, going forward if Iran is going to be allowed to quickly ramp up uh, their production. Um, you know, Iran will still be exempt. I think, uh, you know, if, if, if you've uh, been dealing with sanctions, you know, you, you, you don't get a quota. So uh, Iran uh, is, is um, you know, they're, they're likely to continue to uh, um, have uh, prospects for much higher production going forward. Um, 
we also have an Australian uh, rate decision. Uh, no major surprises. You know, right now, all the major central banks, they appear to be in wait and see mode. So I think you're going to see that's going to be a key a key uh, stance by um, most of these banks. Um, and uh, for, the, for the U.S. on Tuesday, we got that ISM manufacturing report. Uh, you know, the recovery is still, you know, clicking. We're going to have a, a strong uh, manufacturing reading, supposed to be a slight improvement over the, the prior month. Um, and, and then I think as we as the week evolves, you know, there's there's going to be a handful of um, uh, Fed speak. Uh, President Putin will give a keynote address. Um, you're going to have uh, a virtual green swan conference where we'll hear from Fed Chair Powell, ECB's Lagarde, and also uh, PBOC's uh, Yi Gang. So a lot, lots of a uh, Lots of uh, central bank speakers and um, you know key officials that we're going to have to you know pay attention to, um, and then um, you know interestingly uh, ECB they will be providing a, a report on the international role of the euro. Everyone's just going to um, look for further clarity as far as uh, where central banks are are going with their digital currencies, and uh, I think you're going to see. Um, um, a lot of people um, start to pay closer attention to what's happening in Europe and U.S. and also in China on the cryptocurrency side of things. For the most part, then, uh, you know, you're going to see, I think, at the end of the week, it's going to be all about the non-farm payroll report. Supposed to see uh, an improvement from um, that disappointing um, report we had uh, in April. Jobs gains is supposed to be around 663,000. I would not be surprised if we had a positive revision for, uh, you know, the... April reading of 266,000. And, and I think you're going to see that uh, if we get some really robust readings um, as far as um, wages and, and uh, employment hiring, that, that, that could start to get, you know, the treasury yields um, rising again. But for now, I think investors are really going to be focused on, on uh, just uh, um, you know, how this recovery is evolving. And uh, right now, I think uh, pricing pressures are really, uh, um, they're coming in, but as expected. And uh, I think we're going to have to really wait a couple more months to see if uh, if that remains elevated. So uh, a lot to take in next week, but I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a busy week. But um, for now, it seems like the global economic recovery is strengthening and uh, that's been very positive for risk appetite. Ed, as always, great to speak to you again, and we'll speak to you again soon. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. The Oanda Podcast.